What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I'm Telling TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Josh Shields. Got a good show here for you this midweek program, Wednesday, May 26th, the year 2021. Uh, talk all things NBA playoffs, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, Clippers down 2 0. Lake is tied up at one game apiece uh, with the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday night. Get into the Knicks. Get into uh, the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. Be all over the National Basketball Association uh, postseason. And a little bit of golf as uh, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship this past weekend. But before we get into uh, Phil and uh, and make our way throughout this program, let's begin first with the Eastern Conference and the NBA playoffs. Take a break and then we'll get to the Western Conference and move on to some other things. Um, and I'll essentially recap it by the day and essentially where we are in the West, in the Eastern Conference up until this point here on Wednesday. Um, the Eastern Conference of this past weekend had the Heat and the Bucks play an all-time classic game to kick off the NBA playoffs on Saturday afternoon. Chris Middleton hitting the game-winning, uh, hitting the game-winning jumper to win it in overtime to knock off the Heat 109 to 107, uh, 27 points, six points. Uh, excuse me, 27.6 rebounds and six assists from Chris Middleton, and he and then the and then the Bucks turn around and essentially, you know, it, it was like it's the old Michael Jordan meme. You know, they took it personally. They took it personally when Miami stuck it to Milwaukee down in uh, down in the Orlando bubble uh, last uh, late last uh, August, early September, when they uh, got beaten five games by the Miami Heat in the postseason last year because. Milwaukee came out in game two on Monday night and absolutely punched uh, the Miami Heat in the mouth, one thirty-two to one ninety-eight. I mean, by the end of the by the end of the first the game was over at the end of the first quarter. The first quarter score at the end of tw- at the first twelve minutes of the game was forty-six was forty-six twenty Milwaukee. I mean, the game was over right after the first right after the first quarter and the halftime score of that game. And if you go back and you look at it, the halftime score of that game was uh, was seventy-eight to fifty-one. So Miami did not stand a chance. I mean, uh, they were just just out of sorts right from the tip off. I mean, their defense was was beyond was beyond horrendous. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo had thirty had thirty one points. It's a game where everybody got involved. Giannis had thirty one. Chris Middleton game one here at seventeen. Uh, Holiday uh, had had eleven points. Uh, Portis had eleven. Connor uh, Naughton, whatever you pronounce his name, had 15. Forbes had 22. I mean, they. I mean, everyone, everyone, all up and down the Milwaukee Buck lineup on Monday night, absolutely played out of their mind and dominated Miami. I mean, their defense was just, was non-existent. Uh, was just non-existent in the game whatsoever. I mean, 132 points in an in a NBA playoff game. It's tough to stomach, especially when you're the defending Eastern Conference champions. They couldn't throw the ball off a boat into the ocean uh, to begin the game, and essentially that was the story throughout the rest. No player scored more than 20 points up and down. Uh, up, If you go back and look at the box scores, no player scored uh, more than 20 points. The closest you got was Deadman, their center, 
who scored 19, and Goran Dragic, their uh, their guard coming off the bench, who put up 18. But uh, but you know, Trevor Reza played 19 minutes, zero points, 0 of three on a on a three three point shots he took in the game. Jimmy Butler played 32, was absolutely atrocious, four of 10 from the field, uh, 10 points. Two or four from the free throw line uh, was just not a factor whatsoever. Uh, Bam out of bio, 29 minutes, 16 points. Uh, six of nine from the free throw line, which is not good, and turned over the basketball four times, which, again, you cannot expect to win playoff basketball games. You turn over the basketball uh, four times. It's just it's, it's just not going to work. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 23 minutes, 10 points, not good enough. Two of six, uh, all the uh, everything he shot was threes. Two of six, not cutting it. Uh, so it's, Miami was just bad was just absolutely positively atrocious against Milwaukee after they played their hearts out and played a a fantastic game uh, with uh, with Milwaukee on Saturday afternoon. They turn around on Monday night and get and get punched right in the proverbial face on on uh, on Monday night and uh, down two zero in this down two zero. Uh, in this series, you go to uh, you go to the other games that were played uh, since the last time we chatted in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics and the Nets, who have uh, who have uh, who we haven't had a chance to talk about yet on this show. Nets took care of business against the Celtics, one hundred four to ninety three. You had a feeling as the Celtics are down two zero with the Nets win on Tuesday night last night, but I'll get the game two in a minute. Um, with the with the Celtics. Part of me, and if you paid attention to the Celtics at all this basketball season, you would you you'd anticipate this because Celtics are like a roller coaster. They're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. They're very, 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 very inconsistent. Jason Tatum drops fifty on the Wizards last week, and then they turn around, and then they turn, and then they turn around against uh, against Brooklyn, and they're down to one. I understand it, and I understand that Brooklyn is the favorite in the Eastern Conference, and they finally got all three, uh, you know, Durant, Irving, and Harden playing together for the first time in eons on a consistent night in night out game in game out basis. But the Celtics have just, uh, you know, they've hit the wall. Uh, Jason Tatum, six of twenty on my, on Saturday night, not good enough. Uh, and in the Nets, they were clicking on all cylinders. James Harden had after 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 they had a, a very bad start to begin the game. After a very bad start to begin the game, you know the halftime or excuse me after the first quarter, the Boston was up twenty one sixteen. So. And Harden, Irving, and Durant took the took themselves a good little while on Saturday night at the Barclays Center. Uh, you know they they struggled between the three of them. Between the three of them, the first uh, the first beginning of the you know the first half of the first quarter and all throughout that first quarter, they couldn't throw the ball off a boat into the into the Hudson River for crying out loud. I mean they just were not good. Uh, to begin things in the first quarter against Boston on Saturday night, and then they come back, get themselves in a bit of a rhythm, and next thing you know, you blink an eye, and Durant's got 32, Kyrie Irving has 29, James Harden drops 21. I mean, it's just the just the, and they essentially uh, did all the, they essentially did all the dirty work. 
Um, you know, no DeAndre Jordan, no Shamet coming off the bench. Uh, Blake Griffin had a point in the game, a free throw, but who cares? Um, but they got they got the job done going up against Boston in Game One on Sat on uh, Saturday night, and then they turn around and play Game Two in the Barclays Center yesterday on Tuesday night, and and the Celtics again. They, they don't deliver the goods yet again. one third to 108, Boston, or excuse me, Brooklyn. I'll start with them first. Durant drops 26. Uh, Kyrie Irving puts up a, puts up a mere 15 points, a one of three from the field you don't like, um, and three turnovers you also don't like from Kyrie Irving either. James Harden dropped 20. James Harden dropped 20, uh, two turnovers. Again, you don't like. And Kevin Durant turned over the basketball as well. Very sloppy. You don't like either. Uh, four turnovers on 26 points, uh, 8 of 12 from the field, and uh, sunk all eight of his free throws and was 2 of 2 from 3. But they got the job done. And again, Boston, very inconsistent, up-and-down team. You know, Jason Tatum scored nine points, you know, when around this time last week he dropped 50 on the Wizards to get them into the playoffs, not good enough. Nine nine points, three of 12, and one of three from behind the arc. It's That's not championship playoff basketball and three turnovers. Uh, Tristan Thompson, 15, 15 points. I mean, he did what he can. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, dis, his stat line wasn't despicable. But again, if if, Jay, if, if Tristan Thompson's outscoring J- Jason Tatum, you got an issue. Uh, from the as far as the from a Boston Celtics perspective, Marcus Smart nineteen points, uh, Kemba Walker seventeen. I mean, he just had a very very meh, bleh, average, not even average, but just a very meh and bleh night scoring wise from the Boston Celtics. And then again, when you allow James, when you when James Harden and, and Kevin Durant by themselves combined for four, for uh, forty six points. And uh, and Harris goes off for his uh, goes off for his twenty five. You that's why you're going, that's why you're heading excuse me that's why you're heading back to the TD Garden down two zero uh, in danger of getting swept if you don't get yourself together the next two games uh, of your uh, next two games of this series. Other things that's going on in the Eastern. Conference, if uh, go to Sunday's action and these and the Eastern Conference uh, games I'm going over here, they play tonight here on Wednesday between the Wizards and the 76ers. Uh, if you go, uh, the 76ers uh, took care of business in game one, 125 to 125 to 118. Uh, and if you and it was a and their performance on Sunday afternoon was a big part, big, 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 big part of Tobias Harris, who in the first half on Sunday afternoon scored 28 points. He was 12 of he was 12 of 19. For I mean the rest I mean go back and look at the rest of the team. Rest of the team in the first half on Sunday is from the 76ers. 33 points, 12 of 33 uh, shooting wise, and two of 14 from behind the arc. And Tobias Harris. Uh, could do no wrong on the first half on Sunday. 28 points, 12 of 19 uh, from the field in the first half. And then and for the game, Tobias Harris had 37 points, tw- 15 of 29 
um, had six rebounds, uh, two steals, and two assists in the game. Uh, and Joel Embiid with his 30 points, 9 of 16. Couldn't throw the ball again with Joel Embiid, you know, missing every three-point shot on the man. 0 for 3 and 5 turnovers, which, again, would raise some concern from the Philadelphia. But they, but you'll take the 30-point uh, performance from Joel Embiid nevertheless. And Seth Curry uh, putting in his uh, putting in his 15 uh Putting putting his uh, 15 points into the pot, and then Ben Simmons, who of course we all know good and well can't shoot if the fate of the universe depended on it. Three of three of nine, all of six from the free throw line, which is despicable. Uh, two turnovers and six points. Uh, it's, it's something off with Ben Simmons, I tell you. I mean, very boy. I mean, if you if you can't make free throws, and if you can't. And if if you can't make free throws and you're putting single, di- if you can't score points, what are you do- what are you doing? Okay, what are you doing? I understand. Okay, finally he had 15 rebounds and 15 assists. He's a go- he's a go- he's a guard. Okay, not a center. I mean, Joel Embiid, who's a who's a seven foot center, is getting is th- scoring 30 points, and Joel Embiid is the one racking up the rebounds and the assists and playing the quote unquote dead Dennis Rodman role. We got issues. I mean, six points, it, it may cut it going up against the Washington Wizards. You go up against Brooklyn, th- six points from uh, Ben Simmons in game one isn't going to cut it. And then, of course, you go to the Wizards side. You know, Russell Westbrook playing 43 minutes, 16 points. Again, not good enough. Off two from three, not good enough. Six turnovers, which which was the real big coup de gras. Uh, for Washington on Sunday, not going to cut it. Turn over the basketball six times. He only put up 16 points. Bradley Beal showed up to play, took 23 shots, 13 to 23, one of six from three, which you don't like, but scored 33 points in the game for Washington. And you go ahead and you look at game two on the part of uh, Washington, which which is to, which is tonight. As a matter of fact, I'll get to tonight's game. Uh, a little later, a little uh, later on to close out this segment, uh, another Eastern Conference game, the Nets, the, or excuse me, not the Nets, it was the Knicks. Um, to close out this segment, and then we'll look to look ahead to Game Two in New York and Philadelphia. The Knicks in Game One uh, lost an absolute, a thrilling basketball game, one hundred seven to one hundred five. Uh, the New York Knicks fan was alive. They were the New York Knicks fan was alive. They were there. They made their presence known. I mean, the garden was absolutely rocking. Spike, uh, excuse me, Spike Lee and um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Tracy Morgan. The whole bit, the whole nine yards was going absolutely nuts. And they even and and the Knicks fan got a little bit carried away. And got a little bit of it and got a little bit too big for their britches because of uh, because they ended up poking the bear and that bear was Trey Young, who had a uh, 32 point 32 point 10 assists seven rebound uh, performance and hit the game winning and hit the game winning basket late in the fourth quarter to knock off the Knicks in game one. I mean they the New York Knicks crowd was filling themselves. And they might have poked the bear in Trey Young, who played absolutely out of his mind. The young, uh, the young guard for Atlanta. Um, and the problem is, and I've heard, a, and I've heard a lot of this the last couple of days. The problem is with the Knicks is that their best player, 
you know, their best player, Julius Randle, who has to show up and has to do a better job. 15 points, uh, 6 of 23 from the field, not good enough. Uh, was that not not good at all, as a matter of fact. 2 of 6 from 3, uh, and three, tur- 3 turnovers despite his 12 rebounds and 4 assists. He's got to play better here in game 2 tonight. Um, you know, gotta if you see and if you notice that your shot isn't going in, you gotta see it for what it is. Say, you know what, I'm not gonna force the issue and try to fit a square and try to fit a uh, square peg into the round into a round hole. I'm gonna see if I can find and 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 and, and use uh, my intangibility to to help out my team when the ball isn't going into the basket so I'm a, so I'm going to try to adjust my game and do as best as I possibly can to help my team win games despite the fact that my jump shot isn't working tonight um and uh, and then of, you know and Derrick Rose and Burks coming off the bench with 17 and 27 points if your bench guys are outscoring your starters, you're not going to win many playoff basketball games. And you figure that the Knicks fan might have poked the bear in Troy Young because he he's thirsty for blood now. And Mayor de Blasio provoking him in his little press conference the other day. I'd I, I, I'd I'd be not I'd not not be hitting the panic button, but I'd be a little concerned, especially if the Knicks don't win Game Two in the guard tonight. And the issue with the Knicks is that their best player doesn't always have the ball in his hands. You know, Julius Randle's a forward. You know, uh, Trey Young's a guard. So when the game, so a la on Sunday night, when the game's getting down close to the wire, the Hawks, their best player, has the ball in his hands, who's a guard and young, while the while the Knicks, their best player, doesn't always doesn't always have the ball in his hands because of, because of how the Knicks play and how they operate on the offensive side side of the basketball, and because Julius Randle is uh, is also a forward. And getting back to the 76ers to close out this opening segment with tonight, Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook has to show up. I mean. For all, again, and I said it with the triple double stuff with Westbrook. They cannot. I understand. I understand that um, that uh, that Philadelphia is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference heading into, or excuse me, in these playoffs as far as their seeding is concerned. First in the Western Conference, and and Washington is the eighth seed. But still, you cannot under any circumstances, if you're Russell Westbrook. Go into this game. Go into this game tonight and put up 15 points and 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 go five of 20. Go put up 15 points. Go five of 25 and have five turnovers. Come the, come the end of tonight's game against Philadelphia. All this talk right here about Russell Westbrook. This Russell Westbrook. That triple doubles. This that whole nine yards. None of no one's going to care. The the Wizards fan isn't going to care, and it's not. And it's going to go by the wayside. And it's going to go one in and out the other. If Russell Westbrook comes out tonight against Philadelphia and lay, and lays a big fat egg here in Game Two, Embiid has to show up and replicate his performance from Game One. And for the love of God, can Ben Simmons produce in the points column in the in the box score when it's all said and done? That's what we begin with the Eastern Conference. The juiciness is with the Western Conference. We'll get to the Western Conference side of the NBA playoffs coming up right after this first break. I'm Telekatia's podcast.
Welcome back to the I'm Telecadelia's podcast. Switching gears now to uh, the uh, Western Conference as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Let us begin with the Los Angeles Clippers, who I, 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 I tell you something right now. If L, if the Clippers do not get do not get it done when they go to the American Airlines Center, not Arena. Arena is in Miami. I think the American Airlines Center is in Dallas slash Arlington, Texas. I tell you, if the Clippers don't get themselves together when they go to Texas for Game Three, I don't want to hear. I don't hear anything. I don't want to hear Marcellus. Why well, I don't hear anything from any Clipper fan about championship contender and we run LA fakers this fakers that we're a better team in Los Angeles we're better than the Lakers we own LA where we run LA we this we that Clippers this Clippers that. I don't hear anything because it is bad enough that you guys blew a 3-0 3-1 lead in a conference semifinals last year in the bubble to the Nuggets with a 49 and 23 record last season, second best in the Western Conference. It is bad enough that you've done that. You got rid of Doc Rivers. Now it's Ty Lue. I don't want to hear any excuses. I I I I do not want to hear any more excuses or any blame on somebody. This is it for the Clippers. If the Clippers don't get this done, I mean, and I love Kawhi Leonard, but this this is going to this is going to fall hard on his uh, resume historically as a player. I mean, this I mean, this guy won a championship and was a literal hero to the Raptors organization, to the city of excuse me, the city of Toronto, and the entire country of Canada that are basketball fans. That you know, and he play, playing in a city and playing in a country that is dominated, dominated by the NHL and the sport of hockey, and could have stayed there long term and have been a hero. And I guarantee you, if you probably did, I guarantee you, the 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 uh, Toronto Raptors will be would be pl- would be playing tonight, if not if not uh, yesterday in, in the postseason here in uh, mid late mid late May. I guarantee you that. But he decides, you know what, pass it up, go to hometown LA, can't doesn't join the Lakers, join forces with LeBron. He goes to the Clippers and brings the overrated, the wishy washy, the inconsistent Paul George with him. And they have done absolutely absolutely positively nothing. Nothing. Since they've been in Los Angeles, absolutely nothing, nothing, and they've let. And all I hear, well, Leonard and Paul George, how well they guard the ring. Well, how do you explain the fact that Luka Doncic on Tuesday night went off for thirty-nine points, sixteen of twenty-nine from from uh, from uh, from uh, from the field, five of thirteen from three, 
had seven rebounds and set and seven assists in the game and went out and went off for 39 points. And Tim Hardaway Jr., who what yeah, remember Tim Hardaway Jr.? He also went off, had his nice little own performance of his own on Tuesday night with 28, with 28, five, with 28 uh, a rebound and a steal in the game. Nine of fourteen from the field, six of eight from three. Was was sinking threes in the Clippers' face all night long on on Tuesday night. While the Clippers are still, you know, have yet who have have yet to appear in their franchise history in the conference final, whether it's with DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul, or with this current regime with uh, with uh, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And you can't sit up here and tell me you can't sit up here and tell me that it's coaching because Doc because Doc Rivers is because Doc Rivers is out. It's Ty Lue's team now. You can't sit up here and tell me it's ownership because they were blowing and, and losing playoff series left and right with the racist Don St- Don Sterling. What's his name? Don Sterling. Yeah, Don Sterling at the helm. He's out and 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 Steve Ballmer now owns the team. So you can't sit up and tell me it's coaching. You can't sit up here and tell me it's ownership. And it's obvious that it's not the players because they were pulling the same crap. You know, when it was hashtag Lob City with DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris. Paul back in the early the mid 2010s. So I what 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 is the deal with the Los Angeles Clippers? They're letting Luka Doncic take jump shots off his left foot, <laughs> off his left foot that's that's going in. He's backing he's backing up the Clippers and post and and posting them up and hitting teardrop mid range jump shots on them in their face right in their eye hole. I mean what 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 is the deal with the Los Angeles Clippers? What is the deal? They're down 2-0 in this series. They blew a 3-1 lead in the conference semis against Denver last year. They're on the verge of getting swept, swept in the first round. And all I hear is Clippers this, Clippers that, NBA championship favorites every single time the new season rolls around. And I hear the Marcellus Wileys of the world who who swear swear on their great-grandfather's grave that the L.A. Clippers somehow run L.A. and are the L.A. uh, and are the L.A. NBA team in the Staples Center. They don't even have their own building, and they obviously can't even bother to sell out the uh, whatever capacity crowd that they have at Staples Center because for the la- because last night all I saw was the depressing, uh, dreary, and the mundane, bland, boring, out of date cardboard cutouts sitting there in the Staples Center. You mean to tell me that you can't find? 10 to 15, and I understand the pandemic isn't over yet, despite what Hayden, despite what Hayden and Virginia might think. I understand the pandemic isn't over, but you mean to tell me that you can't find 10 to 15,000 vaccinated Clipper fans and stick them inside of the Staples Center so they don't have to look at a bunch of depressing and dreary cardboard cutouts for, for two and a half, three hours? I mean, I, just, I, I, I don't get it. I, I do not get it with this team. They got Kawhi Leonard. They got Paul George, who's who's one of the more overrated basketball players I've ever seen. And Patrick Beverly, who spends more noise 
uh, you know, committing fouls and getting into pissing matches with the refs and and the, and the opposing and the and the opposing uh, uh, players than he does actually contributing something positive to the basketball game. It got him making noise left and right. Marcus Morris Senior did nothing last night. Putting nine points was three of nine from the field. I mean, what 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 are we doing here? What are we doing here? You were down 2-0 and on the verge of getting swept by the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, Luka Doncic ate y'all up and spit y'all out on Tuesday night. 39 points in game two, and you go back in game one, he has 31. So in the past two games, Luka Doncic has, has scored 50 points. 50 points. No, excuse me. 60 points. Math is wrong. 60 points within the last two games. 60. 60. And you have allowed Tim Hardaway Jr. to put on, it, to put on his little sideshow performance as well, hitting threes in your face left and right. It was 5 of 9 in game 1, and then last night uh, was, uh, was 6 of 8. Just racking up points left and right every single time you turn around. Meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard and uh, and, and and Paul George are you know are still run, running around down two games to none on the verge of getting swept with their with their head in the sand somewhere. I don't understand what the and I'm telling you something right now. I do not want to hear not a word, not a single peep from any Clipper, from any anti, from any anti Laker dope, or or any Clipper, uh, or any Clipper um, uh, disillusioned idiot, or any Clipper fan. Marcellus Wiley, Skip Bayless, who's hopped on the Clipper bandwagon after all these years that he was a San Antonio Spurs fan. Not, I do not want to hear not a peep, not a word about the Clippers. If they end up getting swept and, and going home four games and out in the next two games against Dallas in Dallas, that, 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 enough's enough. Put up a shut-up time. We place, you've yet to appear in a conference final in your franchise's history. Enough. As far as the rest of the uh, Western Conference is concerned, Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets have uh, been playing, uh, who have uh, been intriguing so far. And we'll get, and believe me, we'll get to the Lakers in a minute. It's split at one game, it's split at down the middle at one game apiece between the two of them. Uh, Portland took game one on Saturday night, 123 to 109, and then game two the other night, 128 uh, 109, uh, Denver as well. Damian Lillard, game one, went off for 34 points. Uh, 5 of 12 from 3, 13 assists, uh, 2 rebounds in the game for uh, for Portland. And then you go and you look at how he did in Game 2. Game 2, he put up 42 points, a phenomenal performance. But the problem is with uh, Portland in Game 2 is the fact that it was not Damian Lillard. I mean, Damian Lillard did the best he could by himself, shooting threes and making uh, threes from the... Uh, from the Denver Nuggets midcourt logo, but you know the, the reason why they lost by double digits, one twenty eight to one hundred nine, is not because Damian Lillard was eleven for twenty four, nine of sixteen, and a forty two point performance. Is because is because you had the Richard Coving, is because you had the Covingtons of the world, the the Nurkic, their center, uh, aver- them combined putting up ten points, uh, Powell, their small forward, putting up fifteen, ain't going to get it done. 
And uh, Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench with five points. C.J. McCollum, 21, which was okay but not good enough. Uh, and then you also take into, kick into the fact that uh, Nikola Jokic, their center, 15 of 20 from the field uh, and 38 and 38 points. I mean, so this this me me personally on the outside looking in, um, looking at it from a uh, from an outsider's and and with and with no uh, skin in the game as far as this series is concerned. As far as this series is concerned. I think, me personally, this series is going to go seven games. It'd be hard-pressed for me to expect, you know, any team winning back-to-back games. You know, I could see this going, you know, whoever wins the last game of the series, the game seven is the one who ends up who ends up winning it. I could easily see the series going back and forth, back and forth, both teams uh, trading, trading wins and losses in this series. Going to be interesting with Lillard and McCollum and see how they uh, handle things on the Portland side. And then, of course, Jokic and company uh, with Denver. I honestly think this is going to be a back-and-forth series. And, and I think this might be, you know, I don't see Atlanta and New York going seven. I don't see Utah-Memphis going seven. I don't see Philadelphia-Washington going seven. I don't see the Lakers and Phoenix going seven unless Chris Paul plays. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, we we've can, we can kiss the uh, Clippers goodbye, and um, is there another team in the West? Is another matchup? And I don't see, and I don't think that uh, Miami and uh, Milwaukee is going seven. I think I think this I think this is the lone seven game series in the opening round that you're going to get between uh, Portland and Denver. In my uh, in my honest opinion. Um, we will. I will get to the Lakers and save the Lakers and Phoenix for last because I got a lot to say about uh, that series, which has been good up until this point. Give my two cents on the Grizzlies and the Jazz, who end, who play game two tonight on Wednesday. Uh, Memphis one one twelve to one o nine. Donovan Mitchell not in the lineup for uh, not in the lineup for. Um, Excuse me for uh, for Utah did not play was a late scratch and he uh, and he did not like it and he did not like it one bit it was the in house decision why he didn't play she says that he should be a go here for game two but and it's a good thing for them because they need to put out this little uh, hot streak that the Memphis Grizzlies has been on recently taking care of business uh, taking care of business in a playing game against um against uh, San Antonio against in the first playing game against San Antonio they shocked the they shocked the Golden State last Friday in the second play in the second playing game at the Chase Center and they come ahead against the number one seed in Western Conference in Utah and take care of business 112 to 109 so good for the Utah's sake that they got Donovan Mitchell going tonight because they because they need to and I don't think Memphis is going to win this series series at the end of the day You'd be concerned going down two games to none to Memphis, uh, heading back to when the series goes to Memphis, when Memphis has just been absolutely on fire, clicking on all cylinders, and can do no wrong as far as how well that they've played. They with the two playing games that they won, with the two playing games, beating San Antonio and then beating Golden State last Friday, and then taking Game One. They need to slow down. They need to slow down Memphis to make the Utah Jazz fan feel better. And for me, the neutral fan, 
to uh, to convince me that that this series is going to be in uh, Utah's uh, controlling when it's all said and done. John Morant, a phenomenal, what a hell of a basketball player he is. Uh, Eleven for twenty-one. Uh, had four assists, four rebounds, and a 26-point performance in Game One, and then Brooks 31 points uh, as well for him on off of uh, seven rebounds and two assists and two steals for him. I mean, U- Utah needs needs this game to uh, to kind of cool off Memphis a little bit here in Game Two. They they, they need to they need to win tonight to cool off Memphis because Memphis has just been on a roll where. You can on a roll to the point where you can where you can throw you know record and seating out the window, and they have just been just and they have just been playing out of their freaking minds. Um, wrap this segment up uh, with the Lakers and the Suns. Uh, the we'll, and we'll get the game two in a couple in about you know well I'll get the game two and work my way there. But as far as game one was concerned on Sunday between Phoenix and the Lakers, Phoenix won ninety nine ninety. The Lakers ascent, and this ties into game two. The Lakers slept the walk. At I, I, whether their head was still, whether their head was still in the clouds with LeBron with LeBron James' game-winning three and Steph Curry's face last Wednesday night in the playing game, or what? But but the Lakers were just. I don't know where they were. I don't know where LeBron James was. I don't know where. Uh, Anthony, I don't know where Anthony Davis was. I mean, they were, were Dennis Schroeder, 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 whatever his name was, where his head was on uh, Sunday night. But it it wasn't at the uh, it wasn't at the uh, at the Suns Arena in in Phoenix. I can guarantee you that Anthony Davis slept walk, slept walked through game one, thirteen points. Uh, seven rebounds, two assists, five of sixteen from the field, all of two from three, and not sinking your free throws. Uh, again, uh, slept walk, slept walk, disappeared in game one. Was nowhere to be found. Um, and we'll get this game two performance in a minute. And then LeBron James, six of thirteen, three of tw- three of seven from three. Uh, not a good free throw sh- uh, shooter historically. Three of six. Not again. Can't win games. But scoring 18 points if when you're LeBron James and turning over the basketball five times is a recipe for a loss. That's all there is to it. Along with the fact Dennis Schroeder, he turned over the basketball four times as well. 14 points. I mean, it was just a very meh, bled, disgusting, if you're a Laker fan, performance on the part of L.A. in Game 1. And that's why you got to be satisfied with the grit and the fight they showed in Game 2. Game 1, from the Phoenix perspective, they had Anton, their center, 21 points. Devin Booker, the young uh, superstar phenom talent, 34 points, uh, 3 of 7 from 3. Uh, had uh, eight ass- had eight assists, seven rebounds on the part of uh, his performance, uh, and then of course you had Chris Paul with the shoulder injury. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, and essentially they escaped the game one because of the fact that the Lakers' head was up in the clouds, and LeBron and Anthony Davis and Schroeder with the, with the turnovers slept walk through game one. But it all came back to to come back to bite them. In game two, as the Lakers, you know, struggled in this game, struggled in game two on Tuesday night. Don't get me wrong, 
but they did what they had to do to seal the deal. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, when the tough got when the when the when the tough got going late in the fourth quarter, and when the Suns had the lead for the first time since uh, twelve to eleven in the first quarter, they put their nose to the grindstone, buckled up, put the big boy pants on, and said, "Look, we got to play championship basketball unless we're going back to the Staples Center down to down to well." They did exactly that. LeBron James hit a hit a hit a key jump shot late in the fourth quarter of that game. Anthony Davis synced uh, some clutch free throws late in the fourth quarter. Went to the free throw line 21 times. Was 18 to 21. Uh, at the line for for Los Angeles on Tuesday night. Anthony Davis, 34 points. LeBron James, 23 points. They cut down on the turnovers. LeBron, I told you, he turned over the basketball left and right game one. Only one turnover on the part of Le- on the part of LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder as well. They also cut down on the turnovers just in particular as a team. Schroeder and Anthony Davis, Schroeder and LeBron James, who in game one combined for get it to you here in a minute the game one combined for standby who combined for uh that's game two i want game one thank you um who who turned over the basketball left and right um for dennis schroeder and lebron james who again who were not good and like i said for the 19th mil for the Add like I said, Adam for an item this segment. Slept the walk and on Anthony Davis's part disappeared in game one for LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder, who combined uh, turned over the basketball nine times in game one to come to dial it back a whole notch to uh, t- to only two turnovers between the two of them is a positive sign. He also had a nice 24 point performance, uh, eight of 16. Uh, from the field on the part of Dennis Schroeder, a good job on his part, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James turning on championship mode when it looked like that that the Lakers could be in some trouble, and the Lake and after the Suns essentially uh, scratch and clawed the way to possibly getting a two games to nothing lead, heading back in, heading back west to the Staples Center in Los Angeles, they did a phenomenal job to bring the Lakers home, and on the Phoenix Suns from the Phoenix Suns standpoint, and then I'll take a break and get to Phil Mickelson to wrap up the program. From a Phoenix Suns standpoint, you cannot under any if and I it's quite simple. If Chris Paul, if Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns are essentially gonna spot start uh spot start Chris Paul and uh and essentially pick and choose their spots where he plays, you know, five minutes a quarter Every single, you know, every single, uh, from you know, from here on out for the rest of the series, the Suns have no chance of winning. You know, even though the series is one-one, they might as well be down two-zero because LeBron James. I don't have it in front of me, but LeBron James, who in his career has had a phenomenal record at coming back, uh, losing the first game of a first game of a playoff series. So you knew that they were going to be chomping at the bit and making sure that they weren't going to go back to Staples down 2-0 and Phoenix is in trouble if Chris Paul is going to spend the majority of this series on the bench you know uh, uh, Cameron Cameron Payne and Devin Booker no disrespect to them they cannot by themselves carry Phoenix to uh, to get three more victories uh, you know now on the road in Staples going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis no disrespect to them. They're both good young talents, but they got. And I'm not trying to make Chris Paul out to be uh, 
Chris Paul out to be uh, Charles Barkley, but I but you got to but you got to be honest. Chris Paul with his experience and the intangibles that he has as a player that's been in this league a long time, there you cannot dispute the fact that what he brings to the table and especially when he's out on the court with Booker and company on a night and night out basis when he does play and when he isn't on the bench that Phoenix is a totally different basketball team and they play with a little bit extra edge and they're just a better team altogether. You know, 23 points, or excuse me, 23 minutes, 6 points for Chris Ball. They, he, I understand the shoulder is going to give him a rough time and he's got a few days off so he can rest in the minutes as best as he can. But Chris Paul, you know, a player who's never won, who's never won and has never won a championship in his NBA career, and time's starting to tick. You know, he's on the back of nine of his career. He isn't, you know, he isn't on the third tee box. He's at the he's at the back nine of his NBA career, and I understand it's tough for me to say who am I. It's not my shoulder, and I'm not the one in vain. But if you're Chris Paul, you got to find find a way. And I understand that you. Don't want to sense give it everything you have because it's only because it's only the first round. It's not like you're in a conference. It's not like you're in the conference uh, championship. But um, but you gotta buckle down and essentially give it. And I'm not saying go full 110 percent, but you gotta do a little more than. I understand that it's not also his choice either. It's also coaching money. Williams on nine yards, giving him on the bench, but. If Chris Paul is essentially spending the majority of these games and the majority of of, uh, of the quarters in these upcoming games in this series on the bench, Phoenix has no chance. N- none. You know, once the Lakers won game two, you know that it's going to take a phenomenal performance and, and a, an absolute uh, rebuttal of a punch on the part of Phoenix in Game Three at Staples, in order for, in order to convince me and everybody else that this can be a that this can be a series that can go six, seven games. Because to be quite honest with you, Chris Paul ain't playing. Or if Chris Paul spends majority of the of his time in the rest of these games on the bench, Lakers has this Lakers have this series wrapped up in five games. Goodbye, good night, see you tomorrow, see you next season. Gone fishing for the Phoenix Suns. Again, no disrespect to Booker. He's a hell of a player. 31, 31 points, three assists, a rebound, uh, seven to seventeen from the field. Phenomenal job. But he and Cameron Payne aren't going to get the job done at the end of the day if they do not have uh, if they do not have the leader, the the veteran leadership that is Chris Paul out there on the court with them on a night in night out basis quarter in quarter out basis because that, because the intangibles that he brings as an experienced player in this league gives Phoenix a better chance to win than when he's sitting on the bench with a sweatshirt on with a, with a sweatshirt and a mask on with his, with his with his head in his with his head in his hands this this is all there is to it as far as the Phoenix is concerned but and I, and I would have loved me personally, and I was rooting for Phoenix in Game Two to see if LeBron and uh, and the Lakers had a little bit of uh, had a little bit of that uh, you know had a little bit of grit backs up against the wall defending champs down 2-0 heading heading back home. Um, I would have loved to have seen how the Lakers would have responded uh, down a 2-0 lead as defending champs. Not going to get that tied 1-1. If the if Phoenix do not does not have Chris Paul for the majority of the games left in this series, 
Phoenix could be could be out of there, and the Lakers essentially, you know, four four straight wins, and it's on to the second round. But Phoenix needs Chris Paul back out on the court in the worst way imaginable. And I understand it's not my shoulder and it's not my body, but if you're Chris Paul, you can't make it this far, 51-21 in the regular season, second seed in the Western Conference, and and essentially have have an unfortunate shoulder injury and essentially let your season end on that note. Me personally... That's how I would feel. I don't know how Chris Balls feels. Again, it's not my shoulder. But if it was me, give me all the cortisone shots and the, and the pain-numbing medications you possibly can because I'd say, hey, give me the uniform. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the rest of this series. And if it means that I got to – and if it means that I got to essentially do nothing but just run up and down the basketball court and, and, just, and just operate the inbound pass for the rest of the series, then so be it. But the Phoenix needs Chris Paul out there on the court in the worst way imaginable if they want to show some grit and uh, and show some fight with L.A. and make this series a series again. I understand it's a series, series again. It's tied one game apiece. As soon as the Lakers win game three, you might as well kiss Phoenix goodnight for the rest of the season. Unless, unless the latter were to occur. Take a break. Get into Phil Mickelson. Who, what? Phil Mickelson. Yes, talk some golf to close up the program. This is the Young Tillick at the TAS Podcast. TIS podcast. Switching gears now real quickly, uh, and it's a big news in sports uh, this week, so that's why I'm going to bother, that's why I'm going to bother to bring them, up, bring them up, excuse me. And that is the fact that the PGA Championship uh, occurred this past weekend at the Ocean Course down in South Carolina, and the reason why I'm bringing it up, and the reason why I'm talking about it, and the reason why it, uh, it's been big news is because of the fact that uh, Phil Mickelson ended up winning the tournament. His first major championship win since 2013. He became the oldest uh, oldest golf, oldest uh, male golfer to win a major, uh, I believe, since uh, Jack Nicholas when he was 46 years of age at the 1986 Masters. I looked that up right quick just to make sure. I am uh, I am accurate. Forty six. Yep, the old the uh, oldest player at the time uh, to win a major championship until uh, Phil Mickelson did it this past Sunday 
at the PGA. Uh, one, shot a minus, shot a minus six, uh, shot a 79, 69, 70, 73, uh, all four rounds and with an even with a total of 282. Um, just take you through, uh, just take you through, uh, what just take you through, uh, what he did, uh, in the fourth. Well, I'll do the entire round for you. Um, he uh, he just he had a, he you know started out shaky first round he bogeyed holes uh, one th- one four five and six birdied holes three and seven uh, ten and eleven and fifteen and sixteen even part of the other holes then round two that Friday uh, had a had a good had a good day to start out uh, had uh, let's see five birdies front of the first nine. On uh, in round two, uh, five of them he had birdies holes two, four, five, and uh, seven and nine. Par the rest of the way, and then on hole, and then in the back nine he got a little shaky. Had a birdie on eleven, bogey on thirteen, bogey on seventeen and eighteen. In round two, shooting a sixty-nine, and then on and then the third day. He uh, he had pretty de- had a double bogey thirteen and a bogey on twelve, but he still was able to maintain his advantage, and that helps when you birdie early like he did on uh, last Saturday with a birdie on holes two and three, six and seven, and then and hole and a birdie on hole number ten with going even par on the first, fifth, eighth, ninth, eleventh. And holes 14 through 18 on Saturday. Bogeyed and double bogeyed holes 12 and 13, which was the big uh, uh oh for Phil. But heading into Sunday, he did a good job. Um, and he had Luis Ustazen and Brooks Kepka, who finished two shots behind, who were chasing him heading into the final round on uh, heading into the final round on uh, Sunday. Um, and then Phil had a birdie shot on number ten. I believe that was a shot that he. Uh, I believe that was a shot where he uh, hit it out of the bunker. I'm not positive. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll pull it up just to make sure that I'm accurate. But he had a nice shot. Uh, it was the second shot. Oh, here it is. It's the second shot. The shot, not the not the birdie on ten, but he had a second shot on the fifth hole that he hit out of the bunker. Um, which ended up being good for a, which ended up being good for birdie uh, for Phil on that fifth hole on Sunday, uh, hit chipping that shot out of the bunker on the uh, on the fifth hole, his second shot on Sunday. He birdied that hole, bogeyed the sixth, birdied the seventh. Uh, that's after he started out with a, he started out his first three holes, two out of three of them he bogeyed. Um, and had a and throw in a birdie mixed in uh, right smack dab and move the second hole. So he was sitting at a uh, at a plus one, then a plus one, then at even par, and then at a plus one one after the third after the third hole, uh, birdied holes five and seven, bogeyed hole number six. Um, and then, of course, had a bur- had a birdie in the tenth hole, bogey in holes thirteen to fourteen. And uh, and a 17 with birdies on holes 10 and 10 and uh, 10 and 16, and even part of the rest of the way for Phil on the fourth uh, in the fourth round. Uh, many a play uh, he, he Phil Mickelson is beloved, and he's 
well, uh, well, not well recognizable, but he's beloved. And uh, the crowd in, in uh, South Carolina on Sunday were loving Phil Mickelson. I mean, it was like it was you know like a scene where it's just it was just it was Phil, and it was like a huge swarm of people crowding him to the point where they could touch him, pat him on the back, back whole nine yards. Phil Mickelson was absolutely uh, beloved by the crowd there in the in South Carolina. Uh, the other day, and sh- hats off to him, oldest uh, oldest champion in PGA Tour history to win a major, 50 years of age. He hasn't won in quite a long time, 2013. You know, and Phil's has built that reputation as a golfer, as a guy that may play well. You know, the first two days or so, and then eventually, whether it's the third round or late back nine, when he has a chance to make some noise in the last in the last round, he'll eventually fall off and be like, ah. Oh, Phil, you know, we love him, lefty, but you know he, you know he's destined, he's destined to blow it. It's what he does, but he didn't make things a little bit interesting. But he, but he was able to uh, to keep the victory to keep victory within uh, his grasp and finish the deal to win the 2021 PGA Championship. Another item of note that I want to get on the board here before we say goodbye, and that's Adam Vinatieri, the legendary kicker of the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts, called it twit, called it quits today. Adam Vinatieri, of course, the four-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowl, three-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, named on NFL 100 all-time tee as a kicker. Made the all-rookie team his rookie year in 1996. He's been around that long. 1996. I mean, that was the Ravens. That was 20, that's 24, 25 years kicking. You know, the Baltimore Ravens were a rookie franchise when Adam Vinatieri, when Adam Vinatieri was a rookie. Has kicked in many a Super Bowl. That, of course, is rookie year when the Patriots uh, played the Packers in Super Bowl 31. And then, of course, I believe he was their kicker. I know Pat McAfee was their punter, but I believe he was their kicker uh, in 2000 on the 2009 Colts team that went to the Super Bowl and ended up losing to the Saints. He's got the most career points in NFL history, most playoff points in NFL history, most career field goals made, most overtime field goals made, second all-time in games played in NFL history. Of course, been around for 25 years, okay? Um, and essentially, you know, has kicked many a big game. He, of course, the game-winning field goals in Super Bowls 36 and 38 for New England to knock off the Rams, and then 38 to knock off uh, the Carolina Panthers. He holds the, unless uh, Justin Tucker has anything to say about it, he, as of right now, holds the title as the quote-unquote GOAT kicker in uh, NFL history. And, of course, we all know Brady's the greatest run, uh, quarterback Make the argument Walter Payton is the greatest running back, Jerry Rice the greatest wide receiver, and Lawrence Taylor the greatest uh, edge rusher, and and Ray Lewis or Ray Lewis if you are an old fart you can go Dick Buck is the greatest linebacker, but but on uh, but uh, Adam Vinatieri right now holds the title if it means anything I understand who cares he's a kicker but he holds the title of the quote unquote goat kicker in the NFL. Clutch moments, multiple champion, greatest kicker to ever, greatest kicker to ever to ever play the position, Adam Vinatieri. The only the only kicker that right that as of right now, 
uh, is come can come for his crown of being the quote unquote goat of his position is Justin Tucker, and Justin Tucker is, is every bit as good and probably on the track to being better than Adam Vinatieri is. The only thing that Justin Tucker does not have that uh, does not have that Adam Vinatieri does is the fact that is the fact that Vinatieri has not not once but twice kicked the game winning. Uh, kicked the game-winning field goal to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Justin Tucker's only been to one. That was his rookie year in 2012. He didn't need a field goal to win the game. Um, but that is the one thing. You know, Justin Tucker, and again, not the crap on him. He's a, I, I, like, I like Justin Tucker. I'm a fan of his, and he's an excellent kicker. And it's, pro- and it's a good thing that he probably hasn't been in, put into, these, uh, into this many positions, but he has yet to... Yet to, and and I understand that you know, he's I mean he's a kicker, so he's going to last a long time, and he's only been in the league for not I think this is upcoming tenth season, in the NFL, and kick and he's a kicker, so again he's going to last well into his forties if all goes according to plan as far as his career is concerned, but you know he's yet to have that he's yet to have that moment where he has to make a kick. That's going to, where if he misses it, it's going to end the Ravens season, end it in heartbreak, and he makes it. You know he's he he's a hero on the he's he's going to be he's going to be a uh, hero within the state of Maryland throughout the city of Baltimore. Vinatieri's had that the kick uh, the the game winning kick he made in overtime against the Raiders, um, against the Raiders uh, in the uh, Tuck Rule game that's their their first Super Bowl season going back now 20 years ago in the 2001 in 2001 in the snow in a blizzard he has that game winning kick to fall back on and the game winning kick in Super Bowl uh, 36 to knock off the Rams and then the game winning kick in Super Bowl 38 to knock off the Panthers uh, and Jig DeLone at Reliance Stadium in Houston. Justin Tucker for all that it's worth it and I understand he's still got plenty of his career ahead of him and and he may not all and you know Vinatieri played for another team. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to see if if uh, Tucker you know is forty three years of age and still lacing it up for the Baltimore Ravens remains to be seen. But if he is, you know, he's got to have that clutch. He's got to have that 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 moment that makes him a quote unquote immortal. You know, the game winning kick to to send the Ravens to the playoffs. The game winning kick to send the Ravens to the Super Bowl. The game winning kick to to uh, to to win the Super Bowl for the Ravens. The game winning kick, you know, that's going to stand out where where you where you where you play the highlight of the play, and it's like, oh, this oh, this is the play. And Tucker, and you know, man, to no fault of his own, he just hasn't had that moment yet where you know where the fate of the Ravens season or. The Raven or the, the Ravens' hopes of winning a championship rests on his right leg. He's yet to have that moment yet, and until he does, for all of Justin Tucker's greatest in effect that he's the flavor of the month as far as kickers are is concerned, you you're go, you have to you have to give the the quote unquote goat title of of kickers to Adam Vinatieri until further notice. But Adam Vinatieri retires. Uh, today, as his NFL, as his legendary, legendary NFL career, as uh, one of the greatest and one of the most clutch kickers in the history of the sport, has uh, come to an end here on May 26, 2021. And uh, as I say that, today's program has come to a close. 
good show today. Talked to plenty. It was an NBA dominated show. Uh, touched on Phil Mickelson. Didn't want to beat the dead horse and go crazy uh, screaming and yelling about my Orioles. I, but believe me, I got something to say about them uh, in future episodes. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it Talk to you on my birthday. That is Saturday. See you then.